and the Lord's help, you turn again your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. We read again the the first verse of the chapter. 1 Timothy chapter 3. (coughs) This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. This word bishop could also be translated overseer. And it refers to an aspect of the elders' work. Paul exhorting the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 says to them, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So an elder is a bishop. But not a bishop as you picture a bishop perhaps in your mind. The Anglican or Roman Catholic version where you see different coloured frocks and you think of the fancy ceremonies and a hierarchy of office bearers. Rather, a cooperation of equals, overseers, bishops, elders. And this passage is perhaps, or this verse is perhaps surprising when you read it. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Surprising perhaps that it would be a good thing to desire that. It almost seems too crudely ambitious, doesn't it? That rather a hesitation, a reluctance, a reticence might seem better. But Paul is emphatic. He said, this is a true saying. He's drawing attention to this. That if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Of course, men and women are equal when it comes to redemption. There's no distinction as we stand as individuals before and in Christ. That's made very clear in Galatians 3, in verse 28, where Paul says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. But although there is no difference between a man or a woman as we stand before and in Christ, there is a distinction in the role that men and women are to fulfill in the family, and in the church. And some of that is addressed in the previous chapter. And it speaks about the role of the woman. In the family there's not to be a competing. But rather there's to be a complementing. With the husband as the head. And the wife as a help to him. And then in the church. It's not that all men are elders, but that all elders are to be men. Don't become an elder by virtue of being a man, but those who are appointed to be elders are to be men. And so perhaps, as we consider this passage tonight, you think this is a verse that only applies then to men, because only men would be a bishop, an overseer, 
an elder. And then you say, well, this is only for the men, and this is only for the men who maybe are, or who might possibly be one day an elder. I believe there's something that we can all take from this, that we can apply to our lives. And it is this. It's about having a desire to realize our potential for the glory of God. To live our lives in such a way as that we fulfill the calling that's set out for us. For the glory of God. Isn't it strange that so many people are intentional, intentional about almost every aspect of their life? What you will do, where you will go, who you will be with, your career, your family, your home, your garden, and the sports, or the different interests that you may have. But what about service? In the church. What about honouring the Lord. And putting that first. As you prepare. To sit at the Lord's table. It is good to examine yourself. It's good to humble yourself. And sometimes it is good to recognise. What we have done. That we should not have done. To confess our sin. That is important. It is also important to recognise what we haven't done that we should have done. And to challenge ourselves in this way. Or to allow God's word to challenge us. And so the question is. What has your focus been in your life? Have you lived with a zeal for the glory of God to realise your potential before him? To serve to the utmost of the ability that you're given. And has your focus been sharp? Has it been clear? What have many cares pressed in upon you? Do you have a sanctified ambition? Do you have a holy drive? Do you have a willingness to stand and to serve? Because you ought to have that. You should have a sanctified ambition, a holy drive. (coughs) You should be willing to stand up and to serve and to come forward, not to hold back or to hide away. We can think of this, these words under three headings, the first being seek responsibility. This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. You're to seek responsibility, not to avoid it. Sometimes it's too easy to avoid responsibility, to hold back, to hope that someone else might step forward or someone else might be set upon. But you should have a desire, a desire to be used in the hand of God. Not to impose yourself, but rather to make yourself available. To be willing to stand up, to strive to be the best that you can be. To utilize the talents that God has given you to best effect. 
You know the parable our Lord taught in Matthew 25. But three individuals who were given different talents. One was given five talents. Another was given two talents. And one was given one talent. And the one with five talents invested his five talents. And the one with two talents invested his two talents. But remember the one who had only one talent. He hid it. Didn't invest it. Didn't utilize it. Didn't stand up. Wasn't what he could have been for the honor of his Lord. It doesn't matter tonight if you're a five-talent person or a two-talent person or a one-talent person. But the question is, are you using the talents that you've been given? And it's interesting in that parable, there was the five, there was the two, there was the one, but there was no none-talents. The Lord has given gifts to each within his church. And these gifts are to be utilized for his glory. Therefore, under God, you're to seek responsibility, to seek an opportunity to use them. This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. This is a noble calling to serve the Savior, whether it's as a bishop or it speaks about deacons or whatever it might be. If someone desires to serve in the church of Christ, they desire a good work. This is our calling, isn't it? To our chief end, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And that enjoying him comes in part through glorifying him. It certainly doesn't come if we don't glorify him, if we hold back and we hide away. We're to pray that the Lord would send laborers out into the harvest field. But though we may use these words, can it be prayer if we speak these words but are not willing ourselves to go? Not necessarily as preachers, not necessarily as office bearers. But if we're not willing to go in any way out to do the work of the kingdom for the glory and the honor of our God, There is work to be done. There is much work to be done. There are offices to be filled. You might say, the church is weak because it has few office bearers. But it might be that because there's few office bearers, the church is weak. Is the church weak because few folk are working? This isn't about pride or ambition. It's not about dominance. It's not about promoting yourself. John, in his third epistle in verse 9, writes about Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. And that name abides with shame. 
Because that was a man who sought to push himself to the fore, who sought to dominate and to make a place for himself. And that's not what's spoken about here. There's a desire, rather, to bear responsibility and serve the purposes of God. Not prominence, but not prestige, but productiveness. That your individual gifts might be best used. That the purposes of God would be advanced. What is it we pray? Thy kingdom come. Again, can you truly pray, thy kingdom come, if you're not prepared to be involved in the work of the kingdom? If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Well, friends, do you seek responsibility? Do you seek opportunity? Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to be used in the advance of the kingdom? Or are you avoiding that? Perhaps you avoid it because you feel insecure. Perhaps you avoid it because you feel failure. Perhaps you avoid it because you don't think that you can do anything or be anything. Perhaps you avoid it because you have little assurance. But might it be that that little assurance relates to your little activity? You feel failure, you fear rejection. But it's not to be about what you can do, but rather <coughs> you're to serve in the strength of the Lord with a dependence upon Him. You know, it's possible to cultivate a false sense of humility. And it's a false sense of humility because really it's just a fear of failure because there's pride at the heart of that that doesn't want to be shamed. You don't want to be found out. And so you profess to be humble, but really if you were to unpick it, there's pride. Do you remember what we learn in the scriptures? That he giveth power to the faint. And to them that hath no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail or fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You'd seek responsibility. You'd seek opportunity. To serve the Lord. And you will find the sufficiency of his strength. Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. Because it's in weakness that we cast ourselves upon him. And we realize the reality of his strength. If a man, it's a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. 
you seek responsibility. <coughs> no service requires sacrifice. You're all busy. Everyone's busy. There's always something to do. You fill your days. And so if you're to spend your life serving the Lord, it will require sacrifice. It will require change. There'll be certain things that you have to stop doing. And these things might, in and of themselves, might not be bad things. They may be good things. But this is a question about the best things. And are you willing to prioritize? And to put the best things first? In the early church, there was certainly sacrifice, wasn't there? For those who were willing to stand and to be counted and to be seen as leaders in the early church. Because these are the ones who would be set upon first. These are the ones who might pay the highest cost. But isn't that true in every generation of the church? And it's true today. There will be sacrifice. There will be cost. But are you not to be willing to make sacrifice, to pay that cost, to take up your cross and to follow him? Is he not worthy? Is he not showing his love? And in his grace, he's not bestowed upon you gifts, talent, strengths, abilities. Why has he done so? That you might use them in his service. That's why. That you might live for his glory. That you might have something to bring to him. It's not what a mother or a father does when it comes to a birthday and a little child wants to buy a gift. And the mother gives the child the money so they can go and buy the gift to bring back to the mother. Give to them so that they can have something. The dignity of bringing something back. Why is the Lord given to you? Graciously, abundantly given to you. Because that's revealed in the way that you live your lives. You apply yourself. You do well in so many aspects of life. But you're to bring that ability and to use it within the church and the advance of the kingdom. <coughs> You're to seek responsibility. You're to make yourself available. Not to force yourself upon the church or upon anyone. But to stand up and to be willing to serve. To be available to them. You might not be a five-talent man. You might not be a two-talent woman. You may think you've scarcely got a talent at all. But you have, because the Lord has given. And the church is described sometimes as a body, 
a body with many parts. And every part of the body has a function. And sometimes medical science has to admit that they don't know what the function is yet. It's amazing, isn't it, when they talk about DNA and they talk about junk DNA, as if they've understood everything. It's not junk DNA, it's just DNA they haven't yet understood. But at some point, someone will discover this is part of what it does. And maybe sometime you'll discover what it is that you can do and what you're called to do. But you'll not discover that if you hang back and hide away and never come forward and never seek to serve. There's no redundancy in the body. But there might be undiscovered purpose. You're to seek responsibility. But secondly, you're to show responsibility. And this really goes on into the next verses. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop must then be blameless. A husband and one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, and so on. The person who's to seek responsibility is to be the person who's already showing responsibility. You see, (coughs) you're not to wait for a formal appointment and then to start to do it. But you're to get on and do it now in whatever situation you're in. So the person who's to be appointed as an elder is to already be acting in that way. And it's to be seen by everyone. It should be recognised because of the way that they act within their home and family and their community and their society and whatever they're occupied with. You're to show responsibility. You're to take the initiative. You're to be faithful where you are today. So if you're a child, you're to show that faithfulness at home. And maybe all that you're responsible for is tidying your bedroom. Well, that's what you're to do for the glory of God. And you show responsibility there. And show responsibility there in a way that may be the making of you. And may perhaps, as a consequence of that, greater responsibility will be given to you. And more and more and more until one day who knows what you might be given to do and called to do for the glory of God. You can't just leave it and say that doesn't matter. It's just my bed. It's just my bedroom. You must show responsibility now. You might feel that there's many things that will hold you back and there's many things that you won't ever be able to do. But you're to do what you're given to do just now. You're not to focus upon what you can't do and what you'll never be. But rather, you're to be faithful. Faithful before God. In your present situation. says in Proverbs, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. 
See, it's not the great things that matter most, like taking a city, but it's the small things, which are not small at all. Like ruling over your own spirit, being faithful, humble, gracious, kind, gentle, loving, faithful. Perhaps you might never be appointed to be a bishop, to be an elder or a deacon. You might never be appointed to a formal office in the church. You might never be given a position that other people recognize as being something. But yet, if you're faithful where you are today, you may be more fruitful than some of those who are given these positions. Because it's not the position, the title that matters. It is the work that you do and the attitude you have. You're to seek responsibility, but you're to show responsibility. And I know that maybe for some of you, you think, but I can now do less than I ever did. I'm now withdrawing from what I used to do. My strength is gone. But friends, even for you, there is still work to do today. It's an interesting passage in Numbers chapter 8. At the end of the chapter, it's speaking about the Levites who were to be involved in the service of the tabernacle, assisting the priests. And they were to serve from the age of 25 to the age of 50. And they had to stop at the age of 50. And it says in verse 25 of chapter 8 in Numbers that they shall serve no more. But then he goes on into verse 26 and says, but shall minister with their brethren. They're to serve no more, but they are to minister with their brethren. It seems contradictory. But actually what it's saying is this. If they reach a certain age, their formal service is over, but afterwards they're to go. And with the benefit of all their experience, they're to assist, they're to encourage, they're to instruct, they're to advise those who are still doing these particular tasks. You know, there's work for you to do. And maybe you can't do what you once did. And maybe you can't do what it was that you most enjoyed doing. But yet there is work for you to do in encouraging and supporting and praying for all the benefit of experience and it's perhaps in that way that you might ultimately ultimately be more fruitful than ever before not because you had the strength to do it yourself but because with an appreciation for the mercy and the grace of God your own strength now no longer in the way but encouraging others on in the work You're to show responsibility wherever you are, whether you're a child at home, whether you're an old man, and you're seeing others taking over and doing what you used to do yourself. You may never, you might be one who never seems to excel in comparison to others. But so what? 
That's not what matters most, is it? That you excel and that people know that you excel. To be a faithful one-talent man. To be a faithful one-talent woman. To be faithful for Christ with little things. If it was only a glass of water you could give in his name. Do you know he will remember that and rejoice over that? In speaking about the qualifications of the bishop, the elder, it says in verse 6 that they're not to be a novice, not to promote a novice. Lest promoting a novice, you encourage pride and then there is a fall. But we all begin as novices. And that's okay. It's okay to be a novice. But it's not okay to remain a novice. And a novice is someone who has never gained experience. And so you must gain experience with every opportunity you're given in all the different stages of life. So that you will be ready for the service of God. It's interesting, we train divinity students, we never train elders. Because elders are meant to be trained already. They're meant to be trained at home, trained in the workplace. There's a sense in which, though, of course, divinity students, they too, ministers, should, this should be their character as well. The training they receive is not so much character, it's about the academic rigour of, of preparation for preaching. Training is done in the midst of life. Seek responsibility. Show responsibility. But then we can conclude by thinking of the satisfaction of, responsi- of responsibility. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. There's a satisfaction, isn't there? in doing something that is good, in doing something that is worthwhile, in being a part of it. remember hearing a story. There's two men, and they were working away with hammers on blocks of stone. And someone came along and said to the first man, what is it you're trying to do? And he said, kind of exasperatedly, I'm trying to put a straight edge on this block of stone. And then the person asked the second man, what is it you're doing? And as he stood back holding his hammer, he says, I'm building this great cathedral to the glory of God. They're doing the same thing, but with such a different attitude. What a satisfaction there is in having a responsibility under God, whether it's a small thing or whether it's a great thing. But it's for God and for the glory of our God. It's not better to be a a doorkeeper the house of God, and to dwell in all the tents of sin. By God's grace, to be found to be someone who's dependable. To be found to be someone who loves him, who honours him. I hope in looking at this tonight you don't go away with false expectations that the minister saying everyone could be a bishop, everyone can be an elder. That's not what I'm saying. And nor should any, everyone want to be 
an elder, but to be rather the best that we're called to be. Somebody said recently, my hearing about a man, I hope he's not made an elder because he's an excellent deacon. It's not wonderful. There's a man and he has his niche. And that's his gifts. And that's his calling. To find your niche, to find your calling. And to live for the glory of our God. Not promoting yourself, but promoting your Savior. Commending him. Adorning the gospel with a life well lived. There's a satisfaction in that, isn't there? It's not what you want. That people would know that you're a Christian. That you'd be a Christian who would encourage other Christians. That the church would be the better for you being there. We received a disjunction certificate in our congregation. It was a letter. And the letter said this. We hope that this person will prove to be as great a blessing in your congregation as they have been in ours. Friends, are you seeking responsibility or are you avoiding it? Are you showing responsibility or are you holding back? And you have the satisfaction of responsibility. Or today do you feel a bit a bit tired? bit numb, a bit uncertain. It's maybe not the case that we need to stand before God and confess that there's two issues. There's those things that we do that we ought not to do. But there's also those things that we don't do, which we should do. That sometimes we're too ready to sit down and to hold back when we should be ready to stand up and to come forward. Not with pride, not with self-confidence, but with a willingness to be an instrument in the hand of our great God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, You see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, Not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Are you prepared to be a nothing in the hands of God? That he might do something that he might do something great. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Amen. Let's pray together. Our God, we marvel as we consider that we are called to come and to serve within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are conscious that he, our king and head, is the one who has authority to command the angels and they would do his bidding. And yet, 
He's given a responsibility to us, sinful men and women, boys and girls. O Lord, we pray that we might learn of your grace in the activity of service, that we might learn of the sweetness and the satisfaction of Christ as we seek to commend him and to honour him. We ask that you would deliver us from our holding back and the different excuses that we may use at different times for holding back. Give us vision. Give us zeal. Give us a boldness, a holy confidence, a holy ambition. We praise you, our God, for the gifts that have been given. May we not hide them in the ground. May we not bring shame upon our heads through them. May we not dishonour you. Hear us then, O Lord. Seal your word in our hearts. May it bring forth a fruitful harvest, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to conclude singing at the end of Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Verse 12. But like the palm tree flourishing shall be the righteous one. He shall like to the cedar grow that is in Lebanon. Those that within the house of God are planted by his grace, they shall grow up and flourish all in our God's holy place. And in old age, when others fade, they fruit still forth shall bring. They shall be fat and full of sap and a be flourishing. To show that upright is the Lord. He is a rock to me and he from all unrighteousness is all together free. Psalm 92 verse 12. But like the palm tree
very grateful to God for bringing his servant amongst us this evening, and we do pray that as Mr. McInnes returns to his own congregation, that he will know the blessing of God upon him. We also pray for uh, our brother, the Lord's servant, Reverend MacDonald, who will be with us for the remainder of the communion season. But as was prayed earlier, that the Lord would keep him safe in his journeying and make him a blessing as he gathers in with the congregation. Now the session, those men who have already stood up and are seeking to serve the Lord, they have been constituted and are ready to meet with any throughout this communion season who wish to profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. For those who wish to stand on the Lord's side, this is a time to do it. And for those who perhaps are struggling and have thought about it for many years, surely this is the time when you should dig up that talent and bring it forward and show yourself on the Lord's side. Any who wish to come forward by disjunction certificate, this is also the time in which to do that. We pray the Lord will be with all that is done and that this will be a time of real and rich blessing for the congregation as it worships together around the table of the Lord. Now I'm going to ask Mr McInnes to close. May we grace, mercy and peace. And Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, rest on and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.